Hello and welcome back to the Tend the Hole podcast for the week of the 5th of July 2021. This is the show where we dissect, digest, and defecate opinions on the weekly football. Once again, I'm doing this thing solo. It is your boy. My ball out, but I don't touch no balls. Knees hoofs back in the mix once again. Harry, unfortunately, is missing. Ruh. I don't know what to say about this guy. I know where the fuck he be. I don't know where the, what the fuck he do. But I'm going to tell you what. Once I get out of this self-isolation that I'm stuck in ever since my arrival in Canada here yesterday. Once I get out of this hotel, I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, after I finish my 14-day mandatory quarantine period, I am personally going to go hunting for a British Korean. And with that intro, if you walk through the garden with a tin on your back, will I beg your pardon? So we pick up where we left off, quarterfinals of Euro 2020 slash 2021, but who cares about that? First things first, I just want to tell you a lot that this is the first time where I've predicted the winners for each and every game correctly. I mean, to be fair, it was easier, you know, it was only four games, but hey, you know, this year has been full of surprises, especially in the knockout stages, but your boy was on top of it. You know, I got that vision. I got that vision. Look at you, man. You ain't even you ain't even comfortable in your own ends. I'm around. <laughs> All right, forget that. Uh, let's start with Spain against Switzerland. The uh, game got off to a flyer. Uh, Spain corner kind of finding its way out to Jordi Alba on the edge of the box. Jordi Alba smashes it on the half volley. It hits Denis Zakaria, who was, in fairness, trying to clear it, but... Instead, it flies past the helpless Jan Sommer in this occasion. But, you know, the Swiss, they gave it a fair go. You know, they knew they were going to lose the ball more often than not. They were going to have to concede the possession to the Spanish. It's just how the Spanish play. And Spain had the majority of the chances. 13 shots on target. Jan Sommer was a busy, busy man. You know, busy all day. You don't know. But... He made save after save, and I think it's time this guy got his fair dues. Jan Sommer has been a brilliant goalkeeper for years now. Years and years. But, unfortunately, he doesn't play for one of those big sides. You know, he plays for Borussia Mönchengladbach, which in my eyes would be a big side. But most of the world doesn't really care for the Bundesliga. 
It's not the Premier League. It's not. It's not La Liga. He's not playing for Barcelona or Manchester United or whatever. You know, this guy is a top class goalkeeper and deserves to be known as such. And of course, in the second half, the Swiss mounted the comeback. They actually managed to equalize. Rimo Freule once again. Atalanta boys showing up. Uh, setting up Jordan Shakiri in the box. Shakiri smashing it into the back of the net. 1-1. And once again, it was like, oh my god. <laughs> These motherfucking Swiss are gonna fucking do it again. They are gonna cause an upset. But no, Freuler, unfortunately, nine minutes later, commits a horrific tackle. And gets himself sent off. Straight red card. <sighs> I mean, it's hard to argue with it. It's hard to argue with it. It wasn't like necessarily any of the tackles we saw in the Sweden game <laughs> against Ukraine. But it was a bad challenge. Red card. And the game eventually goes to penalties. Sergio Busquets steps up. Misses. Mario Gavranovic steps up. Scores. Daniel Almo scores for Spain. Equalizes. Fabian Char misses. Then Rodri steps up. Misses. Huh? A chance. Manuel Kanji. Come on, you did it against France. Misses. Jared Moreno takes it. Scores! Up steps Ruben Vargas. This is crucial. He needs to put this in. And he misses. And then Mikel Oyarzabal seals it for Luis Enrique's side. And uh, once again, I'm not impressed whatsoever with Luis Enrique's dress sense at this Euros. I, I, I don't know. I think I think he's being disrespectful. He wouldn't dress like this in the Champions League. He didn't dress like this in the Champions League. I get the whole suave thing, but come on, man. Respect the occasion, yeah? Let's go. From there, Italy Belgium was a absolute cracker, especially in the first half. Both teams kind of going for it, you know? You felt that they both wanted to win. Leonardo Bonucci scoring early on, but unfortunately, his goal was chalked off by the VAR. The big bad VAR coming at you once again, Leonardo. None of that face swirl celebration that you do. We're not having that here. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, but they did eventually manage to take the lead. Uh, Marco Verratti picking up the ball on the edge of the box. Playing it into the one, the only, Nicolo Barella. Barella does a brilliant job holding off uh, Thorgan Hazard and taking a beautiful touch past Jan Vertonghen and then smashing it into the bottom corner. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from Nicolo Barella, who is an absolute gem of a footballer. Absolute gem. I love this guy. And he's just one of those you feel will never leave Italy, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But whatever. Uh, 44th minute, Lorenzo Insigne picks up the ball on the left wing by the halfway line. He goes on a run. It's a madness. It's a madness of a run. Uh, Yuri Tillemans steps up, tries to, you know, do something. Skinned. Absolutely skinned. Like he's not even there. And Insigne just cuts in. And my God, what a beautiful curling finish from outside the box. Just uses the defenders to curl it past Thibaut Courtois. Nothing he could do about it. Thibaut Courtois at full stretch, mind you. It was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic stuff from the lad. Love to see it. Yeah, love to see it. And then a few minutes later, uh, the main man for Belgium, Jeremy Doku. 
the Rene winger wins a penalty at the stroke of halftime. Romelu Lukaku steps up. Romelu Lukaku celebrates. Just like that, he celebrates. And it's game on. Going into the second half, it is game on. And I was stressing, you know, because a man was saying it's going to be 2-1 Italy. But you know what? It ended up being 2-1 Italy despite the Belgians' best efforts. They had a few chances, and my God, they got close. Leonardo Spinazzola with a last-ditch block on Romelu Lukaku. His right butt cheek saving the Italians from what should have been a sure goal. Antonio Donnarumma was great. Uh, Chiellini and Bonucci, I mean, fantastic. You gotta commend these guys. You know, none of that flashy shit. I get they're old, but holy shit. They are two fantastic defenders who put defending above everything else. Unlike these new modern defenders we're seeing these days where it's like, oh, look how good I am on the ball, but I can't tackle for shit. I can't hit the ball for shit. I'm weak as fuck, boy. None of that. None of that. These guys are a throwback. The last bastions of proper defending. That's what they are. There you. I said it. I said it. On my mama's life, I said it. And uh, I gotta shout out Jeremy Doku. I gotta say, this guy was unbelievable the entire game. De Lorenzo, fucking Chiesa coming back. Everybody just could not deal with this guy's pure raw pace his raw strength is unshakable unshakable and he had he was belgium's best attacking outlet kevin de bruyne nearly invisible lukaku he fluffed his lines the one reliable fellow throughout this entire game was senior jeremy doku coming off his first season in league o where I gotta say, he wasn't necessarily spectacular, you know? You wouldn't say he had great numbers. I mean, 37 games, two goals, and non competitions. That's not amazing. Let's make that clear. But he looked incredible in this game against the Italians. And credit to him, man. Hopefully, this should give him more confidence to go out and do better in his club career. Because clearly, he's capable of a lot. And, um,. Gotta shout out Leonardo Spinazzola. Poor guy. He had a fantastic tournament so far. Easily one of the best players at the Euros. And when he went down injured in the 79th minute or 77th minute, something like that, we were all wondering, like, what happened, man? Like, was it a hamstring? What, what, what the fuck happened? And then we find out that holy shit. This guy ruptured his Achilles tendon. My God. I'm sorry for everything I said about you. Being a pussy in that coffee shop, man. I'm, that is my biggest fear. Fucking ACL. <laughs> I'll take an ACL over my Achilles being torn any day. Uh, glad to know that his surgery was successful. He will be out for five to six months, unfortunately. We wish you a speedy recovery, Signor. Spinazzola. And it was great to see the Italians singing his name on the plane. I just love this group, man. I love this group of players. I love the unity they show. I love their passion. It's incredible. And I get the English media, I see it getting on. They're like, oh, you don't have any world-class players. That's not true. That's not true. Marco Verratti is a world-class player. Uh, Ciro Immobile is not a journeyman. He's a proper finisher. 
even though he had a shit game. Insigne is class, in my opinion. Kilini is world class, no doubt about it. What this team doesn't have is stars, you know? Nobody is acting like a prima donna. Nobody puts themselves ahead of the team like we saw with France, the discord in the French camp. You know, everybody was like, oh, I'm a big shit. How you want the World Cup? Huh? What? But none of this in the Italians. They are showing fantastic unity. Everybody is focused on the one goal, which is winning the Euros. And great stuff. Spain against Italy should be an absolute banger of a match once again. Although... I will say I am backing the Italians most definitely because when you think about it, Spain have just had to do two rounds of extra time in consecutive games and I don't think they have enough time to recover before tomorrow's match on the 6th against the Italians in Wembley. And I think the Italians, you know, they're disciplined defensively and their uh, ability to find goals, players popping up with class moments when required, I think that might just put them as slight favorites ahead of the Spanish. If I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess it's going to be 2-0 Italy. There you go. That's my prediction. Lock it in, son. And over to the second half of the bracket, you got Czech Republic playing against the Danish and the Danish, after a flying start from a corner, Jens Steiger Larsen, the coolest name at this tournament. I mean, come on. <laughs> this guy is a straight-up uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie villain. He's got to be. Jens Steiger Larsen. It's like somebody Rocky would fight. Uh, brilliant cross, Thomas Delaney by himself for the header. Easy finish. And they kept it up. They kept up the pressure. You gotta give it. Although possession was equal, I felt personally that the Danish were always more likely to score an, another one versus the Czechs equalizing. And that's exactly what happened. In the 42nd minute, Joachim Mele, my boy, my fullback, right back, left back, wherever you want him, he just does it all. Playing from the left wing, he puts in a brilliant Trevel across. Hey, for none of you football watchers, the new kids say uh, Travella. That's when you swing in across with the outside of your boot. A la Quaresma. And he finds Casper Dolberg. Casper Dolberg brilliantly finishes it into the roof of the net, I believe. Just sneaking past his marker. Great stuff. Great stuff all around. However, in the second half, the... The Czechs came out swinging, and Patrick Schick scoring a goal after Vladimir Sufal played him in, and it set up a tight finish, you know? It could have gone either way, but the Danish rallying together, holding on, and managing to see out the game for the victory. I mean, emotional, emotional stuff. You gotta think, like, once uh, Ericsson collapsed in the first game, and they lost to Finland... Everybody, I would say, wrote them off, especially after losing to Belgium the next one, even though they played brilliantly. But what a story. The fact that these guys have managed to rally behind their manager, get together as a team and focus on what's important. Put aside the fact that their most important attacking player, an absolute gem, that is Christian Eriksen, nearly dies 
and is excluded from the rest of the tournament. And they get together and they rally behind that cause and they find a way. They dig deep down and they find a way to qualify. And not only do they qualify, they keep on churning the results game after game after game. Uh, it's, it's brilliant to see and they fully deserve to be where they are in the semifinals based on merit. They've been playing some brilliant, brilliant stuff. And congratulations to this Danish side. I really hope they make it to the final. Where they will face the English. England pounded Ukraine into the ground. I mean, Jesus. Who would have thought if Gareth Southgate actually started an attacking side, England would win? What? <laughs> Early on in the game, Raheem Sterling, brilliant pass into Harry Kane. Harry Kane, brilliant finish. I, I credit where it's due. I told you guys, Harry Kane is going to be feeling himself after that goal against Germany. He broke the duck. The monkey is off his back. Whatever other metaphor you would like to use. And the man is now on fire. And uh, I mean, I, I don't want to give England too much credit. I mean, they beat up a team, well, pretty battered. <laughs> Let's be real. They played two halves of extra time in their previous game against Sweden. And not only that, that shit turned into a Royal Rumble. It was just a brawl. So many injured players on the Ukraine side. More players got injured as this game went on. And you kind of felt bad for Andrei Shevchenko's team. They had no chance. They had no chance. But credit words due to England. They capitalized. You can only beat what's in front of you. In it. You can only beat what's in front of you. And they... Beat them <laughs> comfortably. Harry Maguire and um, Harry Kane scoring another one. And then finally Jordan Henderson capping it off with an assist from Mason Mount. Luke Shaw uh, assisting the second and third goal. He was fantastic in this tournament and fantastic in this game. The one, the only, Shoberto Carlos put some respect on his name. Huh? All you motherfuckers. Saying, oh, why isn't Ben Chilwell playing? This is why. Because Luke Shaw is a better defender and a better attacker. What does that mean? He is an all-round better player. There, I said it. I don't give a shit that this guy won the Champions League. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Rudiger, Thiago Silva, and the rest of them, they fucking made up a lot <laughs> for your lack of defensive ability, sir. You're just fast. That's it. All right, all right. I'll give credit to Chilwell, okay? He, he can whip in a good cross. He can be a dangerous player. But he's better suited to playing as a wingback versus a leftback. And you know what? Luke Shaw is still a better wingback. There, I said it. Fuck off, Ben. And so we will have Denmark against the English at Wembley as well. And I know we all hear it already. You know? Everybody thinks it, especially in England. England think they're hot shit because they've reached another semi-final. And you know what? Fine. Fine. Good for you. I can't I can't say anything. You you are there. But I don't think you're gonna be able to beat Denmark. I just don't. Because alright, you've played some decent teams. Croatia's a decent side. Germany is a decent side, although not the best Germany we've ever seen. But I still don't think you guys are that great. I, I None of the teams you faced have actually put you under pressure, pressed you high up the pitch. 
And then I go on Twitter and I'm seeing like none of Franz Beckenbauer's game can touch what Harry Maguire has done in this year. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, who has he faced? <laughs> ooh, who? Like, I love Harry Maguire. I think he's been great. He, ever since coming into the English team, he's been fantastic. But who has he faced that you can say is, oh my God, he's, he's an amazing striker? No one. No one. Yoromchuk, okay, a decent tournament. Patrick Schick was great, but Czech Republic were horrendous in that game. Um, Muller, Werner, not exactly center forwards, are they? And Germany didn't play. Well, I don't know. I don't know, man. I like. And look, I I get it. Yeah, you guys haven't played anybody serious yet. Your defense hasn't been tested by anyone. It just hasn't been the case. Thomas Muller had a chance. Tim Werner had a chance, but it was nothing serious. Oh no! Okay, come on. Okay, no Denmark. Denmark have a chance. Martin Braithwaite's good. Casper Dolberg's good. No, no, stop it! It's not. It's not. I can't. It can't. It can't. It can't come home. Please don't let it come home. They're already insufferable. <laughs> Coming home. <laughs> right, enough, enough, enough of that. <laughs> it is not coming home. I'm gonna protect 2-1 Denmark there. I said it. I said it. I get it. You haven't conceded a goal, but whatever, man. Denmark, Lord Braithwaite, he's coming for you. Which should set up a tasty elite Denmark finale. That is one I want personally, especially in England. Just suck your mums, all of you. And with that my friends you know what actually no i got a little bit of time i'm just stuck here in quarantine i might as well talk a little bit about the transfer market uh let's see who we got okay so lester i've signed brian bertrand from southampton on a free no that's not a bad signing i was rated the young ryan bertrand patrick Vieira has joined uh crystal palace as their new boss impressive stuff and uh good luck to you patrick I always think it's hard for managers who are really good players to manage teams where, yeah, they're just not as good as you were as a player. But hopefully, in his case, it works out because I think Patrick, you know, just putting aside all the United rivalry and all that, I think he's a cool guy and the natural leader of men. So I hope that he does his business. Danny Ings has rejected a contract extension with Southampton which implies that he will be on the move and it will be interesting to see where our boy Daniel will be moving to uh, in terms of Manchester United well uh, of course you know Sancho deal wrapped up done and uh, we be seeing we be seeing rumors that Varane might be close Eduardo Camavinga United are making a push for and uh, I want to get excited but I've learned my lesson with this board, and um, quite frankly, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to get excited, especially if we could potentially lose Pogba. It would really, really, really suck. But hey, we signed Tom Heen. Hey, another center back, uh, another goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. We needed more of those. We needed more goalkeepers. Yeah. Sucks. Sucks. Anyway, elsewhere, Arsenal are losing Matteo Ganduzi to 
the old Marseille. I feel bad for the kid because I actually rated him. I thought he was always one of Arsenal's better players. He's the type of player Arsenal needs. But apparently, ooh, he moans too much. We don't like that. We don't like players with personality. So he has been sent packing, unfortunately. Otherwise, I mean, there hasn't been much action, to be fair. You know, with the Euros, everything being quiet, man. With the Euros, everything being quiet. And I mean, everything's just rumors, hearsay. That's it. That's all we got. We don't have anything concrete. Any moves that are going to be happening here and there. I mean, we could look at um, PSG for a bit. PSG have basically cinched deals for Antonio Donnarumma. They have cinched the deal for Sergio Ramos, both on a free, which is fantastic, fantastic stuff. And additionally, 80 million euros for Ashraf Hakimi, the best right back, wing back, whatever you want to call him, in the world last season. In my humble opinion, man put up crazy numbers. And uh, deservedly so. Gets a big move. I mean, Inter had to sell. And they had to sell somebody big. Ashraf Hakimi, it's better than losing Lukaku. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Leeds signed Junior Firpo from Barcelona. I think that's a good deal for them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a good deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Tottenham's new director of football, Fabio Paratici, said that talks will go on with Harry Kane once the Euros are over. Uh, Harry Kane said, Yeah, obviously, it feels good to be wanted, and uh, we'll have the talks when the Euros are done. We'll see how it goes. So if he stays, I'll be happy, personally. I mean, for him, first of all, because he has that long contract, and it would be hard for any team to find a way to get past that especially man city please don't go to city harry come on you're one of the good guys just stay there man please <laughs> please stay there and otherwise um an interesting one is rb leipzig uh sneaking andre silva away from eintracht frankfurt and bolstering their attack which they will need desperately if they are to challenge uh, bayern munich next season good stuff for them and uh, Rodrigo de Paul will be announced as a new Atletico Madrid player this month and after the Copa America, which is fantastic news for him. He has long been deserving a move to a bigger club and he is someone I'm a big fan of. He's done great stuff at Udinese and he will fit spectacularly well into Diego Simeone's team. And speaking of the Copa, let's have a look at the approaching game so obviously the quarterfinals ended uh i think they were played on the second and the third yeah the second and the third firstly you had peru and paraguay played a 3-3 game which was spectacular game had everything red cards goals drama tension own goals everything everything and the game went to penalties which in the end Euro uh, peru managed to beat the paraguayans 4-3 on pens, spectacular stuff. Brazil played Chile, and despite going a man down, they managed to hold on to a 1-0 win thanks to a Lucas Paqueta finish. Uruguay, Colombia, eh, more of the ugly side of the heat. The competition uh, it went to penalties after a drab 0-0 affair, but in the end, the Colombians 
come out victors, 4-2 on penalties, Cavani and Suarez scoring for the Uruguayans, but Jimenez and Matias Vina missing, whereas the Colombians scored all four of their penalties. And finally, Argentina played Ecuador, and another Messi masterclass. The guy has been spectacular, involved in 10 goals so far throughout the tournament. Just for anybody who says, like, oh, he doesn't do it for Argentina. This guy is doing everything he can to carry these motherfuckers. Two assists and a brilliant free kick. Spectacular stuff from Leo. And the semifinals will be played on the 5th and the 6th. Brazil against Peru. Argentina against Colombia. Should be tasty, tasty affairs. And, I don't know, sneakily being set up for a Brazil-Argentina final. Anyone? I know, I would love to see it. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in to the Tend the Whole podcast once again. I love you guys. I love all the sport. And don't worry, I joke a lot about Harry, but he'll be back soon. Don't worry. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Tend the Whole and email us at 10.in.thehole at gmail.com. We would love to hear your guys' um, best five aside for the Euros. And I will read them out next episode and uh i'll give you guys another song you know what fuck it it's not song of the week if it's every few days but you know what fuck it fuck it here's one for you crazy by gnarls barkley a throwback enjoy and i'll see you guys very soon